monster, a creature with such horrific features, a lady, a bride, and scary movie fan. Some nerds and their website present this woman and her man. Hello and welcome back. After two months. The Bride of the Creature podcast with me, the creature, Joey G, and with me, as always, the cutest podcaster in town, the bride, Nicole. Hello. How are you, love? I'm good. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm all right. I got you know, my stomach's a little upset. Bender, no! And the dog is being a dill hole, so... Bender, par- stop! So, so, so par-, par for the course, really. Nothing's changed. No. That, I've never noticed until just now, now that we're recording, how loud our dryer is. And I wonder if you can hear that. If you can, you know, alert. it's laundry day. What do you want? Yeah, we have to do laundry. You gotta do laundry. We wear paper bags. We have to wear clean clothes. Well, we just wash the paper bags. That's what we're washing you right now. You can't wash paper bags. They just disintegrate. Wow, well, that's because you have a real can-don't attitude, Nicole. Well, you, you try to wash a brown paper bag and you tell me. Maybe I will. How that goes for I you. I probably will, though. You're not my supervisor. <laughs> Anyway, uh, if you remember way, way back when we announced our next film was going to be the 1961 Jack Layton classic. Jack Clayton, not Jack Layton. Jack Layton's dead. Jack Clayton might be dead too, for all I know. I could find out. But Jack, Jack Layton is definitely dead. Yeah, Jack Clayton died in 1995, so he actually predeceased Jack Layton. I don't think they have any connection. Are you rambling? It's entirely possible. The Jack Clayton classic, The Innocent, starring Deborah Kerr, Michael Redgrave, and Megs Jenkins, based on the one of the most renowned ghost stories ever written by Henry James, The Turn of the Screw. Uh, so we watched that, and we're going to talk about it, but first here is the trailer. Here's what the trailer sounds like. Wait, I have a question. Yeah. Was The Others based on this? Uh, not really. Uh, loosely. Very, very loosely. Because it's a totally different twist, but it's similar. It's, it's probably more inspired by it. Okay. never been a ghost story created especially for the adult moviegoer until The Innocence. <laughs> Do they ever return to possess the living? 20th Century Fox, which presented Deborah Carr in Heaven Knows Mr. Allison, and such outstanding motion picture immortals as Snake Pit, Gentleman's Agreement, and Peyton Place, now gives you... The Innocence. Based on the Henry James chiller of macabre evil. Brilliantly adapted for the screen by William Archibald and Truman Capote. They never return to possess the living. The Innocence. Produced and directed by Jack Clayton, the man who directed Room at the Top, turned into fearful reality by the magnificent performance of Miss Deborah Carr, with Michael Redgrave as the uncle, co-starring Peter Wingard, Megs Jenkins. I saw him staring. Who, Miss? The same man, the man on the tower. The tower? But now, just now, he was staring past me into the house as if he were hunting someone. Oh, what's he like, Miss? Well, he had dark, curling hair and the hardest, the coldest eyes. Is he... Would you say he was very handsome? Yes, yes, handsome, handsome, and obscene. 
concept in human relationships ever presented on the screen with one of the world's great stars from the man who directed Room at the Top, a new and adult motion picture experience. So that was the trailer for The Others from 1961. You mean The Innocents? Fuck, see, you got me talking about The Others. You scream. hate everything. Because <laughs> uh, you're unprofessional? Well, I'm not a professional. I'm an amateur. I don't do this for a living. Do you, does anyone pay me to do this? No. They should. Boy, well, that would be great. Like that, that would be fantastic. Fantastic. We could do it on, on like public radio. Take out the dirty parts. There's no dirty parts. We are a clean family show. Titties, balls, twats. Joey. That's right. That's this is this is Bride of the Creature after dark. Isn't it always after dark? Because it's, it's supposed dusk. to be scary, right? Well, it's dusk. Our right show now. is scary. Is it? It's not dusk. It's the witching hour. It's scary. Yeah, which takes place scary. during dusk. So the I'm not more on. Witching hour sounds scarier. I'll witch your hour. Ooh. Yeah. This is an adult rated show. I thought that, that what is that a euphemism I wasn't um, aware of? Um, I thought you were. Yeah, I'll witch my hour, Caesar. Anyway, it is uh, so like we were saying, the innocence based on the turn of the screw by Henry James, probably the most famous of Henry James's uh, writings. Wrote a lot of girl stories. He also had one of the titles. Let me rephrase the sentence because it's not working. The title of a William. What? Take three. The title of a Henry James story is my favorite ghost story title. And the okay. title in question is "O Whistle and I'll Come to You, My Lad." It's one that I tried to make us listen to the audiobook of on the way to BC, and you fell asleep. I enjoyed it immensely. See, it was probably a great story. It was. I out. cannot listen to audiobooks. You can't listen to people talking either. No, I can't. You just I don't zone out. Yeah, I know. It's really rude. I don't mean to. It doesn't matter. Exactly. If you hit people with your car, they'd still be mad, even if you didn't mean to. I don't think me not listening is the same as hitting no, you with a car. But the the excuse is the same. I don't mean to. So what? I'm not hurting you. Fine, I'll go and cheat on you and say, oh, I didn't mean to. It was an accident. I if fell. If you were worried we were going to fight tonight, I think think that worry was I wasn't a little legit. worried. The audience was worried. Because what's the point of listening to this show if we're not fighting? Shall we? Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to fight about this movie because I'm pretty sure we both liked it. It was I'm, a while still, I'm still not over it. what you just said. Which? Do not ever cheat on me. I will I'm not going to, but you should listen while I'm talking. I will rip your dick off and make you... Well, now we're never going to get on public get, radio. Ugh, I will fuck you with your own dick, is what I'm trying to say, if you do that. Huh. Well, anyway, uh, we should pause this and go upstairs. Ew, Joey. <laughs> 
Anyway, I was trying to get to some more trivia. We haven't even talked about what the movie is yet, other than the fact that it's an adaptation of The Turn of the Screw. Uh, it was written by William Archibald and John Mortimer. Can you say that? William Archibald. But, get this, the additional dialogue, one of the things that, according to my research, made them film so successful, uh, was the additional dialogue written by one Mr. Truman Capote. I read that on the back of the box. I don't think it was that much research for you. I didn't read it on the back of the box. I read it on Wikipedia. And I listened to the commentary track. Did you? All you did was watch the movie, like usual, and leaving me to do all the um, work. I watched part of that with you. Yeah, you came downstairs while I was watching it. Yep. So you saw like 10 minutes of it. It was fascinating. You are a butt. Can I explain what the movie's about? I'm a scholar now because I watched the commentary. I didn't say I was a scholar. It's still research just because I... Fuck. <laughs> no wonder we don't record this anymore. You're just a devil woman. Witchy woman. You don't mean that. That you're a devil woman? No. That's not, that's why we don't record. Oh, no, we don't record because... Uh... Well, that's why I don't record. <laughs> okay, can I say what the goddamn plot is? Yep. No one's standing in your way. Miss Giddens, played by Deborah Kerr, who is awesome, by the way. Big fan of Deborah Kerr. Remember she was in um, that movie I like. What's it called? Um, I think you're getting sidetracked again. Black Narcissus. Remember? That's the one with the yeah. nuns on that mountain? She's a nun. God, that's a good movie though, right? Yeah. We should watch that. It's not a horror movie, but it kind of is. There's parts of it that, like towards the end where it's like intense, like a Hitchcock thriller. It was Parts of that reminded me of uh, Play Misty for Me. Yeah. It's a bit way of better than Play Misty for Me. But Play Misty for Me is good. I like Play Misty for Me better, but I can see why that's Black Narcissus is a better movie. The only thing that's cool about, that's really good about uh, Play Misty for Me that I like a lot is that it's uh, uh, Mrs. Archer, who is the, the girl who wants him to play Misty. We're talking about a different movie. Um, but this movie, Deborah Kerr, not Mallory Archer, uh, gets a job as a governess, which is kind of like a nanny slash mom for people who are just like, I can't be bothered with these children. You I'm raise too them. rich here. Well, yeah, and I did like that they got Michael Redgrave to do it, who was a fairly major actor at the time, and he's hardly yeah. in the movie. He's in that first scene, but he's, like, really, uh, like, you can see, because such a huge part of the movie is her wanting to prove to him that she can do this job for some reason, because he's very, like, I don't, wanna, I don't know if it's charming, but he's very, like, magnetic, and so a huge part of the movie is her wanting to, like, prove that she can do this job because on some level she's attracted to him. Yeah, There's a lot of repressed sexuality in this movie. Yes. We still haven't gotten to the plot. Anyway, she gets a job raising these kids, who are this guy's nephew, in this house. Uh, and it turns out the previous governess died. Right. And um, uh, less than a year ago, as did uh, a guy who the worked gardener? there. He was like the, um, the groundskeeper. Yeah. So the only other real main adult character is the cleaner. Yeah, uh, Mrs. Grove, played by Megs Jenkins. She's the housekeeper. Yeah. And she's awesome, by the way. She movie. was good. I liked her. And one of the things I liked about her is it's kind of ambiguous how much she knows or doesn't know or what she necessarily thinks there is or isn't happening. This movie is full of ambiguity where you don't ever really, really know for sure one way or the other whether there's ghosts or whether she's kind of losing it. Even at the end. Yeah, well, especially at the end. Always we spoil. Always we spoil. <laughs> yes. But anyway, the point is, uh, these two kids, uh, the kids are very odd, and particularly the young boy, uh, who's about, he's very, very precocious, to the is point where, like, you, it creates ambiguity as to whether or not he's been possessed, right? I forget, no, is he older or younger than the sister? 
I think he's older. I think he's older. Yeah, but yeah, because he's the one. He looks younger. I think that's well, why. Well, the actor who, yeah. by the way, was fantastic. I thought the kids in this movie were so good. All the actors yeah. in this movie is fantastic. They were really good. But after a series of unfortunate events, including the young boy being sent home from school in uh, for upsetting the other children, and that's what's the thing that's cool about this movie is it adds some more ambiguities. You don't ever really know what he did, but again, in the time period it was set, you wouldn't have to do much to get kicked out of boarding school. I think. I remember he hurt somebody or something. No, I think he was just upsetting the kid with his unusual behavior, but he never actually comes out and says what that is. But it plants the seed in Miss uh, Miss Giddens' mind, where she eventually comes to the point where she has concluded that the ghosts of the dead uh, groundskeeper, Quint, and Miss Jessel, the previous governess. governess, have inhabited the bodies of the children so that they can continue their illicit relationship. Right. Because it was a very illicit relationship. And it almost seems like he was possessed, or that why she would think that because of how he acts towards her in the movie. Exactly. Well, one of the things I like about this movie is once because basically she's our, for lack of a better word, narrator. Right? Like she's right. the the authority to whom we pay attention. So we see basically everything through her eyes. We never really see any sequences where she's not there. So right. it's never really clear ever whether anything is really happening or whether she's just kind of losing it or whether her weird, repressed upbringing is causing her to have... And now this is her first time on her own, right? Because she grew up with uh, the, her father, who was a priest, so she had a very, very straight-laced and reserved home life. So we never really know for sure. Well, even she is seeing the ghosts of Quint and But nobody else ever does. But there's that really intense scene where she's trying to force the young girl because she thinks... She, thinks, see the, she yeah. thinks that the children admit that they see the ghost that that will un- Free them unpossess somehow, yeah. them. So she's tr- so forcing this girl to look into her field saying, yeah, she's right there, don't you see her, you see her. And the little girl gets very upset and starts bawling and then, no, she didn't see her. Yeah. But you never know really which way it goes. Exactly. And the, the other character, like eventually Mrs. Gross is just like, I don't know what the hell you're doing. So you also don't even know whether she's just upset that she's not letting sleeping dogs lie or whether she really thinks this woman has flipped her lid, or what? Mrs. Gross was the is the housekeeper. housekeeper. Yeah. So it's it's an incredibly well done movie in terms of of the the mystery of it and watching it and seeing the different layers and the performances are so good that there's a billion things that you can see in this movie and think about and discuss. I like it because it was um, maybe the beginning of a few of the tropes of horror movies that we see now, but that they were done in such a way that. There wasn't swelling music and then a bang of mm-hmm. something to scare you. It was all really subtle. It was and more just creepy. Just things happened around yeah. her. Like there are some shots that are friggin' scary. And one thing I do want to talk about is the cinematography in this movie because it looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like the way everything is shot, it's all very like I don't know if baroque is the right word because I probably don't know what that word means. Yeah, it's close. Okay, it's close. Everyone, gothic baroque. Gothic. That's actually more what I was thinking of. Thank you, but. Um, Everything looks kind of otherworldly, I guess, but it's beautiful. And it was shot by Freddie Francis, who you probably don't remember his name, but Freddie Francis went on to be... First of all, he was an extremely accomplished cinematographer, but he also was a director, and uh, he directed a bunch of Hammer films, including one that we watched that actually isn't very good, but The Evil of Frankenstein, the third Frankenstein movie, the one that we watched for the show, the second one we watched for the show, he directed that. He directed a bunch of stuff for Hammer Horror, uh, so, I, frankly, his his work as a cinematographer is slightly more impressive. Like he also shot the Elephant Man, 
and other really good. He's worked with he worked with David Lynch a few times. So. Oh really? Yeah. On the Straight cool. Story, The Elephant Man, Dune. And that's it. Anyway. Well, cool, eh? Yeah, like there's a scene where I think she's she's hiding behind a curtain and she's playing kind of go seek with the kids or something like that. Mm-hmm. But Clint just kind of floats up behind her outside the glass doors. Mm-hmm. And you just see it happen and there's no really music or anything to go with it and it just that was almost more mm-hmm. scary to me than sure. than a lot of the tropes we see yeah. now. Well, I also think like we kind of alluded to it a little bit, but a lot of the sense of the uh, repressed sexuality and whatnot in this movie I mean, it gives it an extra layer that's more interesting as well. Like it's a spooky ghost story and a spooky story about a woman who may or may not be crazy, but apparently according to the uh, the trip the, uh, the commentary track that I, I watched uh, Christopher Freeling says that much of that element of the movie like all the the, the subtext and whatnot it was added largely by Truman Capote oh really yeah so his his work really did a lot to uh, to make sure that uh, there was a lot of that ambiguity there and um, and the director also chose to really downplay a lot of stuff to, to make sure that it was really ambiguous so you don't really know which one one way or the other I guess in the original script or in the, in the version that Truman Capote wrote it was more clear that it was her repressions that were making it making these manifestations oh. happen whereas he downplayed it a little bit just so that he still had that question about which one it was which I actually think makes it work even better I think so I love too, having yeah. that in there oh, it's such a good movie it makes it <clears throat> creepier to not have an answer oh yeah and the, and the movie ends on like a very like upsetting note and there's no resolution you, you are left not knowing and even not knowing what she thinks because her reaction at the very end of the movie when something happens is you're not sure if she's reacting with terror because something horrible has happened or because she's now not sure what, whether or not she was right or not so yeah. the doubt is in her mind as well as ours yeah, mm-hmm. and to some of the set pieces, like the scene with the ghost woman writing in that in the classroom. Oh yeah. And uh, again, I always love the broad daylight ghosts, and this one also has some spooky nighttime ghosts. So it's great. Best of both worlds. Best of both worlds. I didn't have any. You did, but that's okay. <laughs> so anyway, you like this movie too. I really that's liked great. it. I thought it had so many different layers to it, like what you were just saying about the like other. an ogre. <laughs> No, like well, an onion. Have, well, ogres have ogres are like onions. <laughs> or parfait. I just watched Shrek recently. I know this. We both watched Shrek. I watched the ending of Shrek. Donkey. Oh my gosh. Donkey. Anyhow. I like uh, this movie that had layers, like an yeah, onion. Yeah, I I couldn't recommend this highly enough, and I particularly recommend the Fancy Pants Criterion Blu-ray because it really looks really nice on it. Thank you. Watch the commentary and be a scholar like Joey. You are a real piece of work. You know that? <laughs> you got a lot of moxie, but I don't know what to tell you. Anyhow, great movie. Uh, I recommend you watch it. So we thought, in, in lieu of a top five this week, we've now kind of watched three of what are largely considered some of like the three classic ghost movies, specifically black and white ghost movies. There's lots more. Oh, it's cool. But we're we're going to sort of limit the discussion here and the comparing and contrasting of these films to The Innocents, The Uninvited, which was the one that we watched uh, probably 13 episodes ago or so. You can go back and find it. It was, we'll find it, and also The Haunting. Right. The original, not the remake. But you did a long time ago. That was one of the first verses we did, yeah. I think. Anyway, uh, so... The, the the first one chronologically speaking was the uninvited, which was nineteen 
34, 44, something like that. I should have looked this up. I should have had this information up beforehand, which is another example of the unpreparedness. What? Unprofessionalism. Well, that too. But I'm just saying, if we were on public radio, then we could have someone else look this up. 1944. See, I thought that. Here's how you can remember the Uninvited movie. It was the one where we did that game called Hussy or Hussy, where you had to tell me if a movie was, the title of the movie was a, uh, a Ruth Hussy film or a porno. I remember that. That was a great game. So good. Anyway. Good times. So yeah, The Uninvited was the, uh, the least scary of the three. It was also the earliest, so it probably was introducing a lot of this scary ghost stuff. And it was sort of, uh, it also had moments of comedy that didn't really work, but I still, I liked the movie. The like Uninvited it. had comedy? For the remember. time. It was, it was more just like levity. And it was Lewis Allen, and it was, it was the one about uh, the brother and sister who buy a, an old house. Yeah, but I don't remember it being funny. I didn't think it was laugh out loud funny. I'm saying that there was bits that were supposed to be funny, or lighter. But uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was quite good. I, I look, the weird thing about it, though, is I had the hell of a time remembering what the hell it was about. When I decided we should talk about it, I went and looked at it and went, I don't remember this at all. I had to look at, I had to look at what I rated it on Letterboxd, and then I had to like find a synopsis what to be like, oh, right. I gave it four out of five, so I apparently really liked it, but I don't remember it very well. See, I think I remember saying that I liked it and I could appreciate it for what it inspired, mm-hmm. but that... It was a little bit dull for me. I actually think I agree. Now, I probably at the time was more enamored with it than I am now, just because clearly it didn't make that much of an impression on me because I was really had a hard time remembering. I do remember it. liking that. Um, it was probably one of the first movies that did like the animal not wanting to go in the house. Or yeah, there was the cat. The cat didn't want to go. He didn't want to go upstairs. The one part the I do remember really clearly. The one part I remember really clearly. Do you remember when him and the brother and sister are at the top of the staircase and there's that like crying. There's like oh, a woman's yeah. voice crying, yeah. and they're trying to say it's coming from inside the house. That was spooky as hell. I also remember being impressed with the effects, the special effects of that uh, ghost apparition. In front yeah, that of was her cool. Because I, you know, you don't really think of them being able to do that kind of stuff back then, and you wonder, you actually wonder, how did they do that back then? Back then. In the olden days. Back in the olden days. When we used to have to put cotton candy on a stick to make a ghost. Yeah, it was... But I, I did like it, but uh, as far as, like, the triumvirate of the films we're talking about, it was clearly the earliest, probably needed to happen, and led the way for some similar gothic horrors that would improve upon its template. Would you yeah, agree? yeah, totally. I mean, chronologically speaking, the next one would have been The Innocence in 1961. So we're skipping over... All, half of the 40s and all of the 50s and I'm sure there's some stuff in there That's that we good. probably should have talked about but we're not going to you can't make us we don't like, get paid to do this no public well, we wouldn't get paid for public radio either what? maybe we should be on like commercial radio satellite radio that's the future right no podcast of the future get some of that internet but then you don't there's no such thing as internet money you, we just do live shows we tour we go on stage and talk about a movie who would want to see us I don't know I don't know who would even listen to this. <laughs> the Innocence Greater Than Sign, The Uninvited? What? The Innocence Greater Than Sign, The Uninvited? Yes. Agreed. The Innocence is greater than The yeah. Uninvited. Yeah. Well, then this becomes down, This well, this will then become the real deathmatch then. Is The Innocence as good as The Haunting? No. Not to me. I love The Haunting so much. That's one of my favorite horror movies now. As much as I would like to have an argument with you, you're right. The Haunting is easily 
if not my favorite, one of the best horror movies the ever. Classic. Made. It's the best ghost movie I've ever haunted seen. Haunted house movie ever. It is basically the template upon which all other haunted house films now just basically run. And part of the reason for that is that it's based on the greatest haunted house novel of all time, The yeah. Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. Remember Shirley Jackson? She wrote The Lottery, that short story you have to do in school where they throw rocks at somebody when they win the lottery. And I so they can have a good harvest. I vaguely remember. It was all about traditions. Is it's a, a South, great story. Is that a South Park episode? They do a thing about that when they... With Britney Spears, remember? I remember that better, the lottery. And that is why our culture... <laughs> is getting better! Woo! I, I like South Park. Anyway, yeah. I, I think I thought that our conversation comparing and contrasting these movies might be better than it is. I thought we would disagree about this last question. You thought I thought The Innocence better? Yeah, I really the did. The Innocence is great. The Haunting is pretty perfect. Because I think The Innocence has more of a psychological aspect to it that The Haunting did not have. That's possible. I thought that you would like that better. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, but I don't know. I just loved I, I, all the little details in the haunting of how nothing was at a perfect 90 degree angle. And the door frames buckling. And yeah. Plus it also had that like very explicitly lesbianic character. So there's some, there's some stuff in there. You know, there's some thematic stuff. You know, it's got some heavy... I also think I, the governess in The Innocence, bothered me a little bit. I think she's supposed to. Yeah. I think you're supposed to start off being like, she's young and precocious, but you're on her side. And as the movie goes on, you start to, because as you're spo- as you're getting more and more unsure as to what's going on, you're starting to be like, this dumb broad is really like, fucking shit up. Like at first, she seemed almost almost like a weak character with the kids. Like she let them kind of walk over her all over her and when when they do things that are mm-hmm. clearly very wrong she just smiles like it's okay and no lay down the law lady kids need to learn yeah be like hey you fucking little shit rats yes let's I'm help. gonna fucking beat you with a goddamn belt buckle right you little fucks right that's how we raise our son exactly son exactly. of creature okay well I don't have anything else to say about it, do you? The hunting is the best. It is. But yeah. you should also... You should watch all of them, though. I would recommend all three of these movies. In fact, um, I think they'd make a great triple feature. But if you're going to do a double feature, then The Innocent... You could do worse than The Innocence and The Haunting. I would... I'd say you could miss The Uninvited and not... I wouldn't miss it. I, wouldn't, I would definitely not miss it. It is a good... It is a very good movie. If you're a horror connoisseur, like we are... No, I don't think you should be... Because if you're... Oh, yeah, we're really, really connoisseurs... I don't know if I would recommend it just to horror movie fans. I think more if you're into, like, film history and whatnot, I'd check it out more. Yeah, okay, that, that's probably good. Because, yeah, I, I will. I totally see why a lot a lot of modern audiences would find it boring. Yeah. But I didn't. But I also found it very forgettable because I had a hell of a time remembering it. <laughs> so it's a good movie, but anyway. The Innocence I will never forget. It's with me always. That one, actually, The Innocence, because of the psychological aspects... Stuck with me for a few days after that, thinking about about all the possible meanings. Mm-hmm. Oh, for like sure. That. So yeah, that one's really good. Well, speaking of possible meanings, I think we should introduce what we're watching next week. Uh, and because of the of the magic of time travel and the time warp, we've already seen it and the movie we're talking about after it. So we can actually probably announce the next two weeks worth of movies in case people want to cram. Okay. So we have already watched, and you get to watch. Uh, first of all, it follows. 
from 2014. In theaters now. Well, it was when we watched it. I don't know if it still is. Oh. It's a 2014 movie, which I think didn't really come out to most places until 2015. But uh, it, it came out, and we'll talk about it. And then the week, after, the week after that, we have already watched and we'll discuss The Babadook, the Australian uh, horror film. Which, if you want to see or listen to Joy and I go head-to-head on. Yeah, that one will be more entertaining because we're going to have a bit, of a, a bit of a showdown. But we'll see which one liked it and which one didn't. And you know what? I'm even going to announce the following. You're going to get you get to know what the next three movies are, you lucky devils. So it goes. It follows. Then you get to hear us talk about the Babadook. And then last but certainly not least, we're going to go back in time again because we'll have watched two modern movies to 1964 and a little Japanese historical drama horror film by Kaneto Shindo. The film is Onibaba, aka Demon Hag. The film is set during the Civil War in the 14th century. Oh boy! Yeah, I'm excited. I've been wanting to watch this movie for a long time, so we're going to watch Onibaba. So, come on back. Now, you hear? That's, that's not your sign-off. Did you forget what your sign-off I remember my sign-off. I haven't got to it yet. All right? All right. Okay, so, uh, if you... Hey, just, uh, just a heads-up here. If you're ever interested in sending a comment, don't, don't do it on the website where you can leave a comment because they have to be moderated and we get so much spam that I just pretty much ignore all comments for moderation. So you can send us an email. At, uh, I don't remember what the hell our email was. Just send it to joeygrizecki at gmail.com. Or on your Twitter. Or on, or on Twitter. I am there. I do not have Twitter. I do not know what it is or what it's about. Well, you can tweet me at Colonel Two Sheds or tweet at Bride of Creature. Is it Bride of Creature or Bride of the Creature? Bride I of should the know creature. this. I don't think that's true, though. I think you're wrong about that. Bride of the Creature. It's Bride of Creature. At oh. Bride of Creature. I know the name of the show. I'm talking about the Twitter oh. account. Holy moly. Anyway, at Bride of Creature. Send us messages there. Send us suggestions for movies you'd like us to talk about. Send us nude pictures. I don't know. No, no, I don't want to see that. I want to see the dick pics, so send me your dick pics. Until next week, I am the creature Joey G. And I'm the bride Nicole. And y'all stay scary now. Kissy kissy. Mwah. Did you do a kiss? How could this woman ever decide to wed this man.